Hey there, my name is Linda Monaghan and it is my mission to help you grow your business, improve your life and find your calm, whatever that may be. Welcome to the Corporate to Calm podcast, where you learn from their experience. Hey there, you are very welcome to today's episode of Corporate to Calm. I am speaking to the Networking Institute's Kingsley Aikens and what this man doesn't know about networking is not worth knowing. It is such a good synopsis of how to network and how not to network. Please enjoy Kingsley's journey from corporate to camp. Hi Kingsley, how are you? All good today, thank you. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the Corporate to Camp podcast. Please introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about your life and how the Networking Institute came to be. Well, <laughs> thanks, Linda, for the invitation. How long have you got? Like six hours? No, yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> no, cut it down. The condensed version, the abridged okay, version. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm from here in Dublin, but like so many people here, I kind of spent a lot of my life wandering. So after school and college, I, I actually went to France and played rugby for a season, which is probably not a good idea because I, I got I got injured and I had to give up. But anyway... I, I then joined, um, I don't know if you remember, you're much too young to remember an organization called Corastruck Tala, which was the Irish Export Board or the Trade Board. I do. I, will. I, I think I remember it from Bitorg books back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. Anyway, this is just after the Boer War. So I got posted to uh, Sydney, Australia. Wow. Uh, you know, somebody's got to do the dirty job. and uh, Very I hard. Yeah, hardship post, I'll take it. So off I went and I spent eight years there and it was it was terrific. And uh, then I met an Irish business guy, uh, very successful in America, called Tony O'Reilly, who ran the H.J. Hines Food Company. And he had set up an organization called the Ireland Funds. And he wanted to he wanted to set up an, a branch out in Australia. So I got that going. And then I got offered the opportunity to run the Ireland Funds, So, but it meant moving to the US. So I moved to Boston. I'd just been married and I moved to Boston and um, ran the show there for uh, it was 17 years and um, uh, wow. then eventually came back to, uh, to live in Ireland. Um, so been around the traps a fair bit. And yeah. uh, the reason the networking thing is because I went to these different countries. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know a sinner in these places. And I just had to get going. And I knew, I began to realize that to kind of survive and thrive, you know, you need to build a strong and diverse network. It's not a kind of a luxury. It's a, it's a sort of a, a must have thing. You won't, you won't get by unless you start building your, ne- your network. So I've done that in a number of different countries. And when we, when we came back here and I flew with kids and things came back to live in Ireland, I mean, I realized that, you know, schools and colleges don't teach this stuff. Yes. Companies don't really have strategies for it, but everybody says it's really, really important. And there was a kind of a disconnect in my head on this stuff. And I kept getting asked by companies, would you come in and talk to our either our our senior management or board directors about the importance of networking? Or would you come in and talk to our most recent hires? You know, the the grads who are coming in or those people who are coming in their first job and explain to them why this stuff's important. And I began to realize a, a few things. One is that, you know, most of us have kind of 
two types of network in our lives. We have an organic network, which kind of just happens. It's mm-hmm. the function of your, your, your family, your, your kids, your school, your, you know, where you, where you, where you, what sports you play, what hobbies you have, all that kind of stuff. It just happens. We don't network at school or college. You know? It just happens. But then as you progress through life, you actually have to become more thoughtful, intentional, and strategic about your network. And I think a lot of people miss that kind of in, inflection point. And so, the other issue which I realized is that schools, of course, are great and they and progress in a school or college is a function of a grade, a score, a metric. It's like a mark, you know. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with the person sitting beside you. It's just you, right? And that's how you progress. And that's how you get into other institutions, etc. But then you get into the real world of work. And there's a whole series of things that count, but can't be counted. Right. I'm talking about empathy and resilience and grit and determination, determination, at and trust and reputation, all that stuff, you know, is really, really important, but you can't measure it. You can't yeah. count it. And so people slightly discounted. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm in the space of soft skills as opposed to hard skills. We all need our hard skills. You've got to be technically good to progress. But a lot of people, I, I think, don't realize that the technical skills they needed to get their job in the first instance, critically important as they are, they're important. As they progress through their career, become less important because everybody has them and you can't compete on what everybody has. And soft skills and relationships become more important. And there's an interesting kind of inflection point that, you know, people begin to realize this, that you know, actually, sure, as a manager, you need hard skills, but as a leader, you need a, a combination of hard skills and soft skills. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And um, when you came back from um, Australia and the US, did you did you think that obviously your time there had forced you to make connections because you were yeah. maybe a fish out of water? Uh, um, yeah. Do you think that they were ahead of where Ireland was as far as networking was concerned? Or do you think because you were in that space of um, an Irishman in Australia or an Irishman in, in um, Massachusetts that you were like, I have to do this? And not that it was any for, further progressed than Ireland might be, but you were forced into the situation that, that, that you had to network. Yeah, I don't think there's particular particular kind of national kind of um, psyches around networking. I think it's okay. like individuals take different approaches, et cetera, and it's across the board. I would say this in, in a sort of a national sense. I think the Irish, I, I think we're quite sociable. You know, right. I think you could say we're probably more sociable kind of many other nations. In fact, sometimes it can even be a hindrance in that some nations are much more focused, transactional, direct. They ask for the sale as we'd be all with the, We start, you know, everybody in Ireland starts every sentence by saying, I'm sorry. You know, yes. I'm sorry. Is there anybody sitting in that seat? I'm sorry. Are you sitting on the, are you reading that newspaper you're sitting on? Oh, yeah, I'm yes. sorry. So a little bit of that goes on. You know, that they say in Irish, the Kian Fui. You know, which is the kind of the head down, yeah, you, know, look you straight in the eye. But I think those days have kind of gone. I must say, I'm pretty impressed by the generation that are coming through now. I think they're pretty focused and uh, they're very driven, and they've got they got a, a you know a, a decent bone in their body. And in it, I, I love the way you say that we're sociable, but it's the purpose and the intention behind the sociability that leads to good networking isn't it it's you know we can all you know sit down and have a chat but unless you know why you're there and what you want to get out of a networking situation it's it's can be fairly pointless can't it 
Yeah, it can be pointless. And here's the issue. I mean, I'd be, I'd be the first to admit, I mean, networking, it's kind of stinks, right? I mean, it, <laughs> it, it conjures up images of really sleazy individuals late at night in the bar, you know, flicking yeah. out business yeah. cards. You, know, you wake up in the morning, you find somebody's business card and they turn up your trousers. Where did that come from? <laughs> Who is that? You know, and, and I think the word networking, it's very interesting comparing the verb and the noun. The noun is network. If you say I've got a good network, that's pretty positive. But networking, the verb smacks of sl- slightly dirty behavior. Yeah, yeah. It's all about me, 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 me. I want to get a job. I want to get a sale. And in fact, in, in everything we talk about networking, we take the exact opposite approach. We actually think, say um, networking is all about giving, not getting. It's about how can I help you? What can I do to add value to you? You know, and, and, and when you take that approach, it really turns everything kind of on its head. And, you know, I think that um, I take the ATM approach to networking. You know, you know, you, you all go to the ATM, you take money, you take money. Out. If you take keep taking money out. Right. Guess what happens? There comes up a flashing sign. I don't know if you've ever seen it, Linda, which says insufficient funds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unless. You put money in. And that's the key to networking. This is a two-way reciprocal thing. And, and if you all you do is take, 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 guess what? You get a reputation for that and people see through that and they'll they frankly will avoid you. So I'm on the I my principle is that the more you give to people on an individual basis, the more it comes back to you. And have you seen a noticeable evolution of networking over the past few years? Can have you seen the take 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 you've you've seen that for yourself where it's 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 like that whole ideology of you know the 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 mad men versus now now it's like okay well it's you know you're net you're networking for the future rather than the present well i think there's been a few dramatic shifts and changes i mean the two big ones of course are covid yeah and online networking so taking each in turn COVID the hidden cost of COVID is that our networks have shrunk. Okay. We've hunkered down with friends, family, and just a few business connections. We have, you know, focused on the inner concentric ring of our network to the neglect of the outer concentric ring. And that's bad because the outer concentric ring is where there's diverse sorts of people and there's more opportunity out there. So we've hung around with people kind of just like us as a concept called homophily, which is a fancy Greek word, meaning the tendency we all have to hang around with people just like us. I mean, when you mm-hmm. think about it, we're, we're born to families of people like us. We go to school and college with people like us. We work with people like us. We go on holidays with people like us. We marry people like us and we produce more people like us. But we're now living, Linda, you and I in a city, Dublin, which, uh, you know, in the, you know, 14% of the population of the U.S. were not born in the U.S. In Ireland, it's 17%. In wow, Dublin, yeah. 5%. Yeah. So, so if you don't have that diversity uh, reflected in your network of the society you live in, the economy you work in, you underperform. So that's an interesting challenge we all have is to, to get out of that notion of just hanging around with people that we know really well and spending time with people that we know really well. So, so the, that's a COVID question is that our networks have shrunk. Um, you know, we need to get out and refresh our networks. We need to develop new ones uh, because what's happening is there's um, there's less learning on the job. Mm-hmm. There's less business development. There's less serendipity, randomness, you know. And I think, frankly, back to the Irish thing, there's less crack, right? Yes. I mean, yes. when I was with 
the export board, the course instructor, boy, we had such fun. The whole gang was in there. We're going out, you know, Thursday night in the Marion Inn was fantastic. And there was, we're going off on trips. It was just, and we learned on the job. We learned all those soft things I mentioned earlier that you just don't learn in a textbook or learn in school. We learned on the job. And I, I, my concern is that, you know, people are missing out on that now. And what would you say to somebody who is, you know, whether they be a grad or whether they really haven't invested in their networking journey, what three key things could could somebody apply to their business life or even personal life now to kind of improve their network around them? I think there's a few particular skills which are which make have a big impact. I mean, bizarrely coming from me, this is one of them is to be a world class listener. And we live in a world where most people don't listen. I mean, most people are narcissistic listeners. So if I said to you, I'm thinking of buying a motor car and you say, I bought one last week. The guy wanted 20,000. I gave him 10,000. Fantastic. You've taken my topic and you've hijacked it. Now, the world is full of narcissistic listeners. So if you could see listening as a form of activity, listening not just to what somebody says, but what they're going to say next. I think that's a whole art and a skill, which is an important part of networking. And the other word I mentioned a bit earlier was um, serendipity, luck, chance. You know, this notion that serendipity, luck and chance don't happen when you're lying in bed or sitting at home. They don't happen when you're sitting at your desk, even. They happen when you're out and about. They happen when you talk to strangers. They happen when you put your talents on display. They happen when you break your routines, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then you asked me for three. I, I'd say the other one is get comfortable doing something that our parents told us not to do, yeah. which is talk to strangers. <laughs> what do we yeah. teach our kids that are very young? <laughs> they don't talk to strangers. But here's the interesting statistics. Our kids are at more danger of molestation and attack, et cetera, from friends and family than they are from strangers. Yeah. So, I mean, just before you came on, um, I went out and had a chat with Andy. Andy's my postman, the postman here, and he passes by every day. And do you know how I know his name is Andy, Linda? The, the reason was because I asked him, yeah. said, yeah. what's your name? One day, a, year, a couple of years ago, and he said, oh, my name's Andy. And I said, and he said, and I know your name. I said, how do you know that? Because I deliver your mail. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the envelope. So so we're all, we're, you know, kind of nice, informal buddies. I, I think that I'd hate to see all that stuff starched out of our lives that we yeah. just did, like, automatums. My um, husband um, works in IT in sales and he sees such a generational gap between his age and and the grads coming up and the biggest difference um it's it's good at networking but not good at speaking on the phone and this whole email generation and he's like pick up the phone and that's you know you talk about networking should be taught in schools should be taught in university Speaking on the phone, that should be it, it. That's a skill that is absolutely dying, which is such a shame. Yeah. You're so you're so right. And I've heard this from, you know, from CEOs of major corporations in town who, who will say that the kids coming in today are fantastic, deductive, analytical, really bright and completely crap at the soft skills. Yeah. And one of the key ones is they will not pick up the phone. They will say, well, what would I say? Yeah. So I try to encourage people. I've got a monthly metrics thing on the network. And I said, you know, re- re- return three emails with a phone call. Love Don't start with an email. Pick up the phone. And guess what? You start to learn stuff. And people tell you stuff. And you, you humanize 
So it's all about, you know, introducing humanics as much as you can in a world where, and I'm not against this, but we're rocketing down the world of, of um, you know, being high tech and AI and robotics and all that kind of stuff. But don't starch out of that. I, mean, so I think you have to be high tech to progress in life and high touch. Yeah, I think that we're veering very much towards the tech. There's a woman called Sherry Turkle in America has written a book called Alone Together. And basically her premise is that technology was designed to bring us all together is having exactly the opposite effect. Yeah. Spending yeah. time all the time on screens. And yeah. I love the way that kind of ties together as well, because you talked about the this serendipitous effect of networking and, you know, the whole putting yourself outside your comfort zone and challenging yourself to pick up the phone. That's, you know, that's where opportunity lies because if you're the differentiator, if everybody's replying to an email with an email and then somebody picks up the phone and I actually remember seeing you talk and you spoke about writing a note to somebody. Handwritten notes. Yeah. You know, and that, and it's disrupts kind of the, the flow and the ebb and flow of things. And, and, Mm. and you, you talk about things being serendipitous but actually you've put yourself outside your comfort zone and you've got noticed more than anything else and I love that yeah some people think that kind of serendipity is like a bolt of lightning from the blue or winning the lotto and 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 there can be bad luck we all know that but I actually think it's much more like a gentle wind that's kind of always at your back yeah grab it you know planning gets you to the tip of the iceberg which is above water but serendipity gets you the seven eighths which is underwater i think it's a much kind of neglected and underthought about thing and you know when you think about it if you look back on the happiest times in your life were they spent in front of a screen or spent with other people and Mm -hmm. most people would say spend with other people so let's not start that out of our lives um what about mistakes like red red flags in networking what what would be um the, the biggest don'ts. Um, well, I, I think when it, it, it's nakedly obvious that it's that somebody is using it for, for me, 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 me purposes. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I think that's where and I, I'm not naive enough to, to say, you know, I don't sometimes contact somebody because I want something for myself. But yeah. I, I do have a sense of balance about it. And I do have a sense of reciprocity. And I do have a sense of, you know, initiating stuff. So I love to put people in touch with each other who I think would benefit from that kind of relationship. I don't get anything out of it, but I do actually, I get a good feeling out of it. You know, I love mm-hmm. to see connections that I make actually working out for those people. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm at a stage now, Linda, where I, I say, I want to send the elevator back down. You know, <laughs> I got a lot of help on my way, on my way from people and they were really super and fantastic, but they're not around or they're in other countries or I've lost touch. So, the best I can do is 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 just pass this stuff on. Mm-hmm. You know, I go into I go into transition year at schools and places like that, and you know, I just get them thinking about these topics. And, and what about um, the networking institute and the business side of things? You know, how how long is the networking institute going now? So we we came back here about ten years ago from the from the US, and uh, I, I work. I did a few different things, uh, consulting kind of jobs. And then I began to migrate toward focusing in on networking. I actually do two things. I focus on networking. Then when I do what I did in in Serbia and Georgia, I I help other countries build strategies to connect with their diasporas. Because that that was kind of what I did. 
And, you know, there's 300 million people live outside the country they were born in. People sending money back to the country they're from is about a trillion dollars a year. So it's a it's quite a big and important segment. But actually, you know what it's all about? It's all about networking. Yeah. It's all about building networks. And that's what the Irish have been really good at is building networks around the world. Um, and so that that was really where I got the, the sort of inclination to focus on this. And uh, and then we started uh, because of COVID, uh, my business went to zero overnight because yeah. I was doing yeah. workshops and presentations. So I, so I, I then went online. So I'd done over 150 Zoom webinars, you know, so my mates call me a baby Zoomer. <laughs> <laughs> I won, I love us. I won nasty mate. He calls me a Zimmer Zoomer, which is really nasty. <laughs> but, but um but it opened up something very interesting because I thought this was all negative and I'm I'm kind of sick and tired of Zooms despite today. Yes. Um, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> we'll forget that. But um it opened up an entire new tribe of supporters. Yeah. So, you know, instead of just dealing with people, you know, round about Dublin, et cetera. I actually did a I did a webinar for Airbnb in South Korea a few weeks ago. That would never have happened were it not for COVID. Yeah. So, so technology, we were lucky that we had this technology. If COVID happened ten or fifteen years ago, we didn't have this technology. I think we would have been in a right pickle. But um, so there are some sort of pluses to, pluses to these things, and I, I think we all now have to consider our online identity. And the fact that we can, can we can create an online brand, if you like, and you know, really, as the you know the lady says, the world is your lobster. You know, you can, uh, you, you know, you, you can actually become known all over the world for something if you're if you're in a niche. And I always think, don't be in a niche, but be in a niche within a niche, yeah. <laughs> and zero in on that space, and then try and become a bit of an expert. Yeah, if you think you've niched down far enough, niche a little, niche a little further, and. Um, yeah. So when you decided to develop the Networking Institute, did you seek help from anybody? Were there, did you go to the government? I know you, you mentioned that you had previously worked for the exports board yeah. and everything, but yeah. did you use any, you know, the, the Leos or anything like that? Did you? Yeah, did no, you... I didn't. I, I, I've done stuff with Leo. Um, they've been uh, helpful. I um, had a consulting company called Agile, you know, who I, I, um, I, I met with them on a series of occasions. I got help from uh, Enterprise Ireland because I, I went to a few other countries. So I went back to Australia, did a load of work out there. Um, so I think there's a good ecosystem in Ireland of support, uh, governmental, non-governmental, um, chambers of commerce. All I used all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the number one thing I got quite good at, I guess, was I wasn't afraid of asking. Because yeah. when I was with the Ireland Funds, I was a fundraiser. So I had to ask people for money, which is the toughest thing of all, really. Um, and, and the one word I used to tell myself always before a solicitation of somebody was, it's not for me. I'm not asking this for me. I'm asking them to do something really wonderful. So um, so I think that's, that's something a lot of people duck is the yeah. ask. You know, the brutal reality of life, if you want to get, you have to ask. You know, watch any three-year-old, they know they know how to do this pretty well. And, you know, there is a tendency for many people to duck the ask piece, which, of course, means nothing will happen. Absolutely, absolutely. My my biggest uh, mantra is, if you do ask, you don't regret. So it doesn't matter if it's a no, you've still asked and you won't be thinking about it later on. Um, that can happen to you if somebody says no. And I always took a no as a not yet. A lot. Yes, exactly. Twi- twist it around. Um, 
what about habits professionally and, and, and personally? What habits have you developed over over your course of working um, in other countries? But especially over the last 10 years, what what has driven you um, to get out of bed every morning to help people? What, what, um, what are the habits that you've developed? Well, there's one thing I remember a fellow saying to me once. He said, you know, always go the extra mile. He said, there's less traffic there. <laughs> I thought that was a neat line, and he called it the ABCD approach to business, which is over and above and beyond, over, above and above and beyond the call of duty, basically. In other words, you know, just try and over delight, over impress. Because he said, I, I, "I'm such a believer in this. Life is a game of inches. The difference between success and failure, winning and losing, can be absolutely tiny, but the implications can be enormous." Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I was with the idea, I was representing the IDA as well as the trade board down in Australia. If we want an FDI, foreign direct investment decision for Ireland, for a company, fantastic. If we came second, you know, we got Linda, we got zilch, zero. Yeah. And very often you come second by a tiny, tiny margin. Yeah. So I began to, and I was a big fan of this notion of marginal gains, improve everything you do all the time by 1%, 1%, 1%. And guess what? Then you have this aggregation of marginal gains and that can be the difference maker. So I, I love that whole approach. I, I mean, I in sport, there was a guy called Brailsford took over British cycling after a century of winning nothing. And he broke down cycling into every constituent element and improved it by 1%. Mm-hmm. He won 16 medals in the Rio and London Olympics and he won six Tour de France. He did things like, he took every cyclist bed from hotel to hotel in France. He took their pillows from hotel to hotel. He he felt that if you could just tiny, tiny little gains when they all come together are actually significant. Mm-hmm. So I'm a fan of that. I'm also a fan of the notion that nobody started a large organization. I mean, everything starts at zero. Mm-hmm. I mean, 21-year-old Steve Jobs in a garage in Cupertino with Steve Wozniak, you know, put together the first Apple computer and, Around the corner, you had Hewlett and Packard in a garage, you had Disney in a shed, you know, you've got Amazon, Starbucks. Ryanair started with one flight yeah. in 1985 and 18 passengers, and it went from Waterford to London, and they'll probably do 15 million a month now. So so I, I love that notion. Nobody started a large organization. The organization I worked for, the Ireland Funds, was an idea that Tony O'Reilly and Dan Rooney in Pittsburgh had that there was such a thing as an Irish empire, which is not built by military might or force of arms. We don't have a big record in that space. But just the fact that so many Irish people went around the world and maybe there was an opportunity to set up an organization that could channel some of that interest and concern back into supporting projects here in Ireland. And we had a big fundraising dinner in New York in the world office story of the great and the good were there. The dinner was so unsuccessful. The only reason we had a second dinner a year later was to pay for the first dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and that's $700 million ago. You know, yeah. no, nobody starts a large organization. I, yeah. I, I've always been driven by that. I love, I love that. I love that. Um, what about efficiencies in your day and delegation? You know, sometimes it can be very hard to let things go. I, 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 you're very happy to, to delegate and, and, and let things go. And Well, unfortunately, we're a small shop, you know, mm. so um, everybody's all hands on deck all the time. In an ideal world, and what we'd love to do with the Networking Institute is to grow it 
both throughout Ireland and also in other countries. And we have a number of people we're in discussion with who'd like to take on our products. We have a range of products um, and, and a range of sort of training, training stuff. Um, uh, so at the moment, it's kind of all hands on deck, if you like, to to, to keep things motoring. Um, and so I'm probably a bit too interventionist. I could probably do be better if I could was a bit more hands off in some areas. Mm. Um, but that would be the plan going forward to get more people on board. And what about the you mentioned online courses and, and obviously the past few years have forced us to, you know, take a step maybe outside um, of, of where we would have been normally. And do you have courses now that are self-led and yeah, so the core, we filmed all the stuff and uh, we got like the networking course has got 20 odd videos and <clears throat> a load of materials with it. So it's quite easy to kind of follow it through and it's on a it's on a learning platform. So it's all, you know, fairly self-evident once you once you sign up. We've also done one on philanthropy and fundraising. We've done a course on uh, diaspora engagement and we've also done one on speaking and presenting. Uh, I mean, I think Irish people are are great talkers and maybe not so good speakers. You know what I mean? There's a bit of a difference. I think it's getting the um and the just and the sorries out of the vocabulary, isn't it? As well, it's that's that's the one thing I'm like, don't, don't, and it, you know, we're seeing social media. I'm popping on. Don't tell me you're popping on to do something. Just do it. <laughs> do you have any other um, projects in the pipeline? So, you know, I'm trying to create Ireland as the world center for diaspora engagement. And that was why I went out to Serbia and Georgia last week. And it's because both those countries, when it comes to diaspora engagement, they look to Ireland as a kind of a leader. And a few about three months ago, I spent a week in Zambia speaking at their first ever diaspora conference. And they look to Ireland. And, and it's quite interesting because our profile and reputation in Africa is one of beneficence and munificence. I mean, we we had priests and nuns and missionaries and we did all that good stuff. Now, we don't have any more of them now. But I think that what we can teach African countries is how they can connect with their diasporas. And and, and so we're we're really in a leadership position in the world in this stuff. Um, it's probably two or three other countries are quite good. Um, and I think we could become, we could position ourselves as kind of a, a real leader. In fact, it's in our national policy now that we should be sharing with other countries because it's a non-competitive industry. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to help Peru or Paraguay or Prussia is not going to help Finland or France. You know, so so I think that there's a really interesting that for me that's a kind of a long-term visionary goal. The other one is to get what I'm talking about into schools and colleges. Um, and I've actually got a few schools lined up now in the next uh, in the next few weeks. Because um, I'd love them to have a module on this stuff and make sure that kids get an understanding that, you know, this stuff's important. And actually um, honing in on that, where where do you think the future of networking lies? Like, was there is there any big changes or is it, a, 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 you know, the hybrid way that we've been doing things for the mm-hmm. past couple of years? Well, I think... Um, uh, and I have to be careful that I don't sound, sound like a complete old Luddite dog <laughs> here, you know. But I, I, I do think, and and I, I love, I have a, a wonderful photograph of, of people on a bus and every single person is on their phone, you know, and that's fine. I have another photograph of a bus, but taken in the 1950s, and every single person has this newspaper, right? Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure how much different it is. Yeah, that's yeah. just the way it is. But I, I, I do think that um, trying to make sure that people 
get the high touch stuff to go with the high tech stuff is important. And that's why I think sports and activities are important. It's kind of hard to be on, on, you know, um, on your phone when you're playing hockey or rugby or curling yeah. or whatever it is, yeah. you know, so I, I'm a big fan of that. Um, and I mean, personally, I've always, uh, you know, I exercise has always been a part of my day. So I think that's an important thing. And we're lucky, you know, we're, we're, we live near the sea, we can go swimming and we can bike ride and run and walk and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think that, you know, I think the next generation coming through have a much greater sense of the responsibility to the to the planet than than I certainly had when I was their age. And I think that's that's kind of quite encouraging. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, tell me something not a lot of people know about you. <laughs> people know it. Well, I tell you what, I do. I have a bucket list every year, um, and I then try and do the bucket list. And the one year before COVID was to do a stand up comedy. Oh, wow. And I went to the Gaiety Theatre and they have a course on stand-up comedy. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, and to graduate, you have got to perform in a nightclub right, in Dublin. And so I had to do that. And uh, I didn't tell anybody, but two friends found out about it and they, they came along. And uh, it's only like for like 12, 13 minutes. It's quite short, you know. Um, and the best thing they could say afterwards, well, I wouldn't give up the day job. <laughs> but, but I think I think myself outside the boundary. And, you know, on the first night in the gaiety with the group, about 12 of us doing this course, and it seemed a, a total pack of odd bods, you know. But after 12, 12 sessions of them, we were hugging and crying with each other. They were just the best people I ever met, you know. Wow. So. That wouldn't have happened unless I'd pushed myself outside a bit of a you know comfort zone. I love that. Um, and it's so funny because I do th- I, th- I think as Irish people, we all think we've the ability to to be a stand up comedian for for sure. You know, it's, and, I, and it's wonderful to do that. To, like it's so creative and to step outside your comfort zone. It's it, I mean, if we, we if we all stayed in our comfort zone, um, yeah. the world would be a, a much less a dynamic place. place. Um, at Corporate Cam, we're all about you know, taking a risk and pushing yourself outside that comfort zone. What would you say to somebody who's like just on the verge of maybe starting their own business or, you know, starting a stand-up comedian course? What would you say to them? Well, I think probably one of the most brilliant advertising marketing lines ever really was Nike, which was just do it. Yeah. You know, it's so simple, isn't it? Um, And, you know, it's always easy not to do these things. It's always easy to say, no, nah, I won't bother. And it's just always easy to turn over in bed. So actually, I actually think probably equally as important as anybody's ability is their attitude. Mm-hmm. And I think if their attitude is right, you know, all sorts of things can become possible. And when when I, when I was in, when I went to Sydney in the office there, the, the secretary was leaving and I didn't know what to do. And I was coming down the elevator and I heard somebody speak in the elevator and she did obviously Irish accent. And I sort of, when it came out, I, I chatted to her for a few minutes. Then I said, would you fancy a cup of coffee? And I really liked everything about her. She was, she was just fantastic. And, uh, and I offered her a job and she's still there today. Like we're talking yeah. 35 years later. And yeah. she's one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. And just, just fantastic. And it was all to do with attitude. She just yeah. had completely the right attitude. She had no formal education, but she'd more, She'd more nous in the in her little finger than most people have in their body, you know. And that and it's so 
lovely to hear that because that just shines through from people yeah. and it, it's that whole authenticity isn't it it's all the authenticity of people you, you can't hide that and you can yeah. see it very quickly when people are trying not to be themselves as <laughs> totally. well Totally. Yeah. As uh, Oscar Wilde said, be yourself. Everybody else is taken. <laughs> so every episode um, we wrap up with an either or a quick either or. Um, yeah. uh, for, for, uh, so I'll, I'll go straight into it. Tea or coffee, Kingsley? Tea. Online or face to face? Face to face. Teaching or learning? Learning. Mentoring or networking? Ooh, I have to say networking, Fred. That's, that's, that's good. Winter or Summer. Summer. A night owl or an early bird? Early bird. And uh, the US or Australia? Oz, Oz, all the time. Really? Love it, love it. Times more. Yeah. Thank you so much Thanks, for all your insight. Um, I think everybody will get so much um, from it. Where can people contact you? Where can people find you? Oh, yeah. So um, I live, uh, I, I hang out on LinkedIn. So I've lots of videos up there. I put them out and, and, and my young fella is a film guy. So he films me doing stuff. Um, and then there's a website, which is the www.thenetworkinstitute.com. And, um, you know, people, you can track me down either of those ways. Brilliant. Super. Great. Thank you so much for the Corporate Camp podcast. Good on you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Corporate Camp podcast. Please subscribe, leave a nice review. It really does make a difference. Or simply come back and listen to us next time. My name is Linda Monaghan inspiring you to take that leap from corporate to camp.